Welcome to Lit by Moonlight, where it's not a phase to fall in love with the person you're supposed to kill. This week, we're discussing We Hunt the Flame by Hafsa Faisal. The land of Araria sits void of the magic, and in its place, the arts, a deadly forest, expands over Araria's five caliphates. In Zephyr's caliphate, a hunter has the power to enter the cursed arts and trap food for her people. In a world where the abilities of women have been called into question, Zephyr takes great care to assure that no one finds out her secret. She is the hunter. But when Zephyrah is sent by a silver witch to find a book that holds the key to restoring Araria's magic and destroying the arts for good, she may not have another option. In another caliphate, the power-hungry sultan has sent forth his son, the Prince of Death, a skilled assassin, Vizier, to kill the hunter and find the book himself. When the two meet on the island of Shar, they discover that there is far more at stake than a sultan's orders, a huntress's pride, and a magical book are at stake. Hello, folks. I'm Emberlyn, and boy, do I like a nicely seared shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> I'm Caitlin, and I have two pirates who live rent-free in my head, and they refuse to leave. What I would do to evict them. <laughs> I don't want to evict them. They're kind of nice. What I would do to evict them from both of our heads. Just, just, for, just for a moment of peace, at least when I'm doing my job during the day. Just for so that we can focus on the things we need to do instead of, yeah. I don't know, watching a show 80 million times a time. It is so hard to be productive when you have two pirates in your head. I'll tell you that. It is. All right. So we're talking about We Hunt the Flame. What mm. did you think of the world building in this new book? Um, Amazing. Uh, I wrote a lot of swears at the beginning of my notes. Um, <laughs> she did. Because I was just, I had so much to say. Uh, I, I just freshly finished the book when I took these notes. So I was very excited to share my thoughts. Um. This happened uh, not even two or three hours ago, because that's when I finished the book. It's still fresh in my mind, so you guys have the benefit of that. Um, But I really love this book. Um, It sets itself apart from a lot of other popular fantasy books of the modern times in that it's uh, in a world inspired by ancient Arabia. And I like that a lot, because I feel like a lot of fantasies uh, pay homage to Eastern and Western European aesthetics, um, those of Russia and England. Um, more specifically, uh, which colors a lot of these books the same hue. Um, So it was refreshing to read something that didn't really follow that path. Uh, We talked at one point in a previous episode about uh, the dark-light juxtaposition. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a favorite trope of mine and yours, Um, and I saw that bleed through in many ways in this book, more than I can probably count on my hands, but I'll name a few of my favorites. Um, between Altair's light and Nasir's darkness, uh, Nasir's oh. fire and Zephyr's iciness, a Saracen Ooh. snow, and the Shah's uh, desert, and I could go on and on. The um, fire and the iciness, that was a good one. It is, it's a special, <laughs> That's special a good thing. one. Yeah. And then just some other favorite elements I'll name, um, just to put them into, put them out into the interweb. Um, <laughs> The mirages uh, and the islands, beasts that could shape shift into loved ones, and the five sisters and the lion. Um, so that's how I was feeling about it. How about you? What do you think of the world building? Oh, I thought it was really cool. Uh, again, it's based on ancient Arabia, which is something I've never read before and wasn't familiar with. It, and it did take me a while to get my head wrapped around it, just because I wasn't familiar with like how caliphate systems worked and all the terms that come with it. So the beginning did move a little bit slow for me, but I, it, that's not a negative because I needed that time to like 
learn these new words and make them a part of my vocabulary and like learn okay Uh what are caliphates what do they do what are sultans and how are they different from caliphates and caliphs and um, all of the arabic words that were used throughout this book uh which they're used throughout the entire book but it was never in a way where i'm like i don't know what that means it was always (laughs) like someone will say shukran and then someone's like I don't need your thanks and I go oh so that one means thank you so yeah. <laughs> um, I liked how like she presented those words like how she used that language throughout the book but not in a way that makes it completely like I need to learn a whole new language to understand right. it I thought her imagery was so cool and just so good throughout the entire book the first one that really stuck out to me was um, on page 9 she says, the cold stung her nostrils, scented with metal and a hint of amber. And audibly, I was like, yes, because that is such a very specific feeling that I've experienced way too often growing up somewhere where it's cold and snowing six or seven uh-huh. months out of the year. Uh-huh. So it, it really captured that feeling of what I like to call a snot freezer. But uh-huh. Hapsa wrote it much more prettily than I ever could describe uh-huh. it. So I just, just things like that were really cool. Um... I also liked that this was a fantasy world that no longer has magic, but we still get the hints and traces of it. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. in a lot of fantasy books, it would be easy to enter the world where the magic is at its peak, and then we see it disappear, and that's, like, the second book is trying to get it back. I like that we're just immediately in this world, and there's no magic, and that was cool. Yeah. Um, But I do like how you got to see the traces of it uh, and how it still lingered with each person has like their own little affinity to it. Um, I was a little thrown off at first when they begin their quest because I thought the arts was going to be like this bigger challenge since it was mentioned so much in the beginning and how Zephyr is always entering it and it's so dangerous and you hardly ever come out of it. So I was like, oh, so Mm -hmm. part of their quest is going to be them crossing it. And then it just, Silver Witch just makes it disappear for them. And I was like, okay, now we're on a ship. <laughs> so, which is like fine, but I was just, I was so like thrown off. I was like, it's just God now? Like, that's not a problem. <laughs> but I thought, I thought that was really cool. Like, just a bit, like, always inching closer to them. I, I love everything that you just said. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> laughing a little bit because I'm thinking about what it was like to grow up uh, in the very cold, uh, horrible, kind of um, frigid places that you and I grew up um yep because we're two in the same uh having lived not very far from each other and um I I agree with you like uh I think that she describes that feeling so well and there were times when I was reading this where I thought oh I cannot wait to talk about how we know exactly what this is like uh, <laughs> in our in our episode um so I couldn't agree with you more on that front um let's jump into some of our our uh Lows and grows about this book. Let's do two peaks in a valley. Uh, you start uh, with your first peak. I shall, as the thunder comes in. <laughs> oh, good. Um, we're both gonna die. Yeah, we're both we're both in the middle of a storm right now. Yeah. Um. So my first peak was. Uh. So this was the second time I read this book, and I really, I mentioned it before, but I really loved all of the hints to each character's affinity were that maybe you don't necessarily pick up on the first time because you're not mm. looking for it, but this time I was. So Zavira is obviously, like, this compass. Like, she always knows where she's going. She can't get lost. Uh, but, so that was, like, a little obvious. And then Nasir had a sort of darkness to him. 
with his like shadows that were mentioned, but I really liked the hints to Yasmin, uh, Zephyr's friend, being a seer. And yeah. um, most likely Dean too, given that like like he dreamt about being taken on Shar before mm-hmm. we even well no, it was after she learns about the Silver Witch, but like before she even knows she's gonna go there. He's like Amazing. Yeah, I had this dream that I was on Shar and I got taken by like something or whatever and I'm just like, hmm, this feels important <laughs> and uh and then Yasmin uh, telling Zafira it's just such like an innocent line that makes way more sense this time. Yasmin tells Zafira that someday she'll find someone who will make her blush. Uh, she says, I know he's out there, that someone, probably as grumpy as you. He'll look into those icy eyes of yours and make you blush and wish you could begin all over again. I just know it. And I read that this time and I was like, oh, she's so right. And she saw it coming. So I thought that was really, really... It was a really cool element. What was your first peak? Well, yeah. Well, first I'll respond to uh, your peak um, as the thunder rolls in. Um, I actually didn't notice that Yasmin was a seer. I, I didn't notice that um, oh. at all. So that's a really cool thing that you picked up on. I think that's really neat. Um, and my first peak uh, was just that I felt like uh, Hafsa Faisal is just incredibly talented character writer and master of dialogue yeah. it struck me so many times that I didn't need to I didn't really find any character in particular to be one-dimensional nor did I find myself really disliking any one of them um it's been a while since I've reacted aloud to a book that wasn't to say like oh brother and like roll my eyes <laughs> when a character has expectantly said something on the nose or cliche uh and this never happened to me with this book like yes I was reacting aloud to the book I mean but it was always an exclamation you know it was always to say oh I love that or oh I'm really sad now you know <laughs> um so I loved that and I love that you know the characters are in fact so have so much depth to them that um you can kind of actually pick up on their affinities and that you've been able to do that in your second read I love that um anyway at the end of the book I find myself at a lot of favorite characters um so I think it's gonna be hard to choose one to bequeath all my love upon when we talk about that (laughs) later um tell me about your second peak well real quick uh when you said like all of like the things that you said like out loud I completely agree so I took notes, like, right in this book the first time I read it, and the amount of, like, little reaction, like, notes I put, of, it's either, there's so many sad faces in this book, um, yeah. specifically next to anything the seer says or thinks. I'm always just like, oh, buddy. Yeah. Or just, like, literally, there's a few times I wrote, like, in all caps, ah ha ha because <laughs> some of the lines are just so funny, and or just so, it's just so good. Um, so I completely agree with that. My second peak was I, listen, this is, <laughs> I've just realized, the one, two, third Enemies to Lovers book in a row that we've yeah. read. Wow. And this one takes the fucking cake. Mm. <laughs> like, here, I here. really, really loved Nasir and Zafira's Enemies to Lover relationship. The amount of caps lock notes I have of them and the eye emojis and hearts that I drew in this book are off the <laughs> charts. <laughs> uh, I really loved seeing both of them, uh, like slowly being like, do 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 do. Nasir is pretty. What? <laughs> Did I just say? <laughs> like, like they both did it. Where like 
Nasir will be going around and being like, oh, well, anyway, her icy blue eyes and Zafira. Oh my god, that's the first time I said her name in my head. Mm-hmm. Anyway, time to pretend that I still have to kill her. And just like <laughs> Zafira, like at first he's just the prince of death, but then she's seeing all the parts of him that are human, like his emotions and like starting to think, oh, I wonder if he doesn't like being called a murderer, despite it being true. <laughs> just like little things like that. Um, the scene where Zafira fights Nasir, like they get in a little argument that mm. involves knives and blades and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they end up, she ends up on top of him on the ground with a blade to his throat. As she should. I, as she should. I literally like put like a little bracket around that whole paragraph and have put Zafira. I hope this doesn't awaken something in me. <laughs> because I was reading it and I was like, has this awoken something in me? <laughs> it, like, there's certain scenes in books that remind me a little bit of that scene in Turning Red where um, uh, where Maymay is drawing uh, the guy from the convenience store as a mermaid and she just like stops and rolls over oh, her bed with the uh, the notebook and starts drawing more intensely and erotically. And I think that's literally all of us when we read that scene. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I was like, ooh, I have to like fan myself. <laughs> like, it was, like they're fighting, but I'm like, girl, like the, the tension between these two characters, like it's good. Um, but I just, I really loved it. It was just very fun for me. It wasn't like, I liked it a lot because it wasn't like an enemies to lovers where I'm like, no, but like one of this, one of these people sucks. Why do you like Uh him? There's a book that we read earlier on in this podcast (laughs) that I won't name drop, Uh but it was like that and I hated Uh it. And Uh where this one was just like, you see them grow together and I like that part of the enemies to lovers relationship where they're learning even though they're on opposite sides maybe they can see the other person's perspective and I love that Zafira is the first yeah (laughs) it's good (laughs) Zafira is the first person to see Nasir as human so like seeing all of that was really cool I loved the female gaze of Zafira watching him in the woods, like when he's shirtless mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. Just her describing him and her being like, "Oh, I need to chill out." <laughs> like, <laughs> I loved that. Um, and then every time Nasir describes her eyes, it just—it's so good. And but specifically the line where he goes. If a poet were to describe them, he would say to look into her eyes was to see the sea's first glimpse of the sun, drinking its reflection in endless ripples. Or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, this boy, I don't know, I, they were, they were very fun for me, and I, I loved, I loved it. I Your agree. <laughs> I, I, before we even go there, I feel like I have to agree, um, like, 100%, because I feel like you're right, like, like, there was nothing, like, I feel like it was the same case again where it was like, okay, um, these people, they perhaps wronged each other equally or maybe they just, like, don't have that same air of, like, this one of these people is horrible, um, as many enemies to lovers tropes do and and as the book that we recently read did. Um, But at the same time, I also think what's great about it is it doesn't do what other books do on the enemies to lovers um, category and kind of make them so insufferable for each other that it's like, oh, my God, like relax you know yeah and um, then all of a sudden they're kissing and you're like why 
Yeah, this is something that I think maybe, uh, uh, you know, I've paid homage to Dance of Thieves as much as I could in our last episode, but maybe that Dance of Thieves didn't do exceptionally well, that I think that this book does so well. Um, Faisal is just, I think, um, a genius when it comes to yeah. capturing what I think a very genuine and organic dialogue should be between two people that are, are kind of partaking in that enemies to lovers trope. So um, everything you said, seconding. Retweet. Um, <laughs> retweet. So, uh, my second peak uh, was just that, kind of going off what I just said. The writing was excellent. Um, there were times when I I feel like, especially now that we're reading so many fantasy books, um, that it's been pretty easy to sense in an author's, and to sense an author's weakness as a writer. Um, and I didn't find that easy with Faisal. I'm still struggling to, actually. She's incredibly talented, and I can only really give her praise for her writing. Um, she's just you know, a very strong writer. She's a very strong captivator of um, uh, imagery and character building and world building and um, creating dialogue that just kind of like cuts through you. It's just so smooth. It's like, damn, girl, she's smooth. (laughs) She goes for the throat and it's She goes for the throat. (laughs) Yes. Um, So uh, with all all praise uh, to Faisal, sitting at the top of my head tell me a little bit about your valley like i don't i don't want to because i like this so much (laughs) uh so like my valley is like almost just like it's like a me thing kinda uh so going into the book um i knew it was gonna be enemies to lovers um i found out about this book through tiktok because hopsa's on tiktok and she's fucking hilarious I think she's so funny. Go follow her on TikTok, her Instagram reels. She's so funny. I love her. (laughs) So I like I saw one of these books and I can't even remember exactly what it was, but it made me laugh out loud. And I was like, I'm going to go buy her book. I don't know what it's about, but I'm just going to do it. So I did. Mm -hmm. And it was on the enemies to lovers table in Barnes and Noble. And I was like, cool, that's fun. Um, I thought there's even a table for that in Barnes and Noble. Like, wow. I know. know. There's a lot of those books. So I knew it was going to be an enemies to lovers story. Um, so knowing that everything with Dean and Zafira, I felt like I couldn't get super attached to in the beginning. And there were some really sweet moments between the two of them and some nice lines. Um, anytime they held pinkies, I cried a little bit. I'm not even joking. It was just very sweet to me. I think that's, it's two people holding pinkies is something that can be so personal. Yes, it is. And and I just thought. Yeah, I just thought that was so sweet, but I'm like, something's going to happen to you, though. Like, (laughs) I know you're not the enemy, and so you cannot be the enemy to love her that she's going to go through. So Mm -hmm. something's going to happen. So I, I I just knew I couldn't get attached to any of that in the beginning. And then I also just felt like he was just there to be killed for the plot. Like, mm. I I sat there and I tried thinking about it, like, why else would Dean be there other than to be, like, something that Safira can think about, like, when she's at home. But she also has mm. Yasmin and her sister. Like, there's that whole element to it, but I just... Why else was he there to go on the journey with her, if only to be killed, and for that purpose to be for her to finally meet up with Nasir and Altair? Like, mm. Mm. that that's the... I just felt like he was just there for plot. Which is, like, mm. I'm not super attached to them, so, like, I don't care too much, and I don't hate it, but right. I was also just, like, sorry, buddy. 
thanks for uh, making me emotional about pinkies for 180 pages, but thanks for no the longer here. Yeah. Yeah. So that I, that's my valley. Uh, but, oh, how refreshing it is for a man uh, to be a plot device for once. That, see, that's the other thing is that, like, I'm not even that mad about it because it's always usually a female character being killed off for plot. And I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, how the turntables. Have turned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, I, I really searched. Uh, it was really hard to find. I could not find it for this one. It was really good. I enjoyed it through and nice. through. It was hard to be cynical about it. I think after that's talking about it. That's something. It is, it is. For you to say, I can't be cynical about this. (laughs) I can't be cynical. I can't be cynical, but I can be, I think, a little, a little, um, a little bit of desire can course through my veins. Um, Because I think now that we've been talking about this now um, for uh, the past, um, gosh, how long have we been here right now? Uh, Like 30 minutes. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it goes fast. Um, I... I think one thing I wish that had been touched on more, and I don't say this to be like, oh, feminism, uh, you know, <laughs> in that very on-the-nose way that uh, I sometimes can be. There was a point where there was this line, and I, I can't necessarily remember exactly what it was, but Zephira uh, was having this internal dialogue about how she maybe was afraid to be a woman um, or something to that extent. Oh, I can't yeah. find the line now. Um, it was something, but I, just I think... Go. No, go, go, go. No, I, th- I think it was it was something along the lines of, like, because Yasmin really wanted her to just be like, just take your hood off. Like, show yeah. her, Khalif, that, like, women can be this, this like, strong people and all, everything. And Zafira's just like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> and, yeah. like, I can understand why she wouldn't because given the world that she's grown up in and, like, how she can just by her doing literally anything just because she's a woman because they blame the sisters uh, for being women that the magic is no longer there. Like, I can right. see her fears about that, about one decision just ruining her whole life. So uh-huh. I, I I totally get what you're saying, but I also see Zafira's reasoning for it. Oh, I, I wasn't done even... yet. Okay, okay. I, <laughs> I don't even know if that added anything to it. No. <laughs> Well, no, well, no, I wasn't critiquing the line. I was actually saying, I wish we'd talked more about that. I wish we'd talked more about that yeah. conflict for women in, in Middle Eastern culture. That was what really I wanted to hear more about. Um, and I think we heard a lot about it in this book, and I was really excited yeah. about that. Um, so I might be asking too much as a Western lady <laughs> who's like, I want more, I want more talking about women in this book, you know? Um, <laughs> but I, I think I really enjoyed hearing about that conflict that she was facing, and I wanted... I wanted Zephyr to share more of that experience, more about those feelings of, of being afraid of, to, to be a woman, to be seen as a woman, um, to be a huntress. And right. um, that's something that I'd love to see in the second book. That's also something that I can understand why it wasn't expanded on more because there really was quite a lot of that in the book already. But um, that, was, that, was my, that was my take. Um, yeah. If you had to have a valley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. All right. We do make Spotify playlists for every book that we read, which you, you can do. find on our Spotify account. Yeah. Um, get so, on over there. Check it out. Get on over there. What is a song that you would sing to help bring your Zumra, a.k.a. gang, together? It was really hard to choose. There were quite a few that came to mind. Um, first and foremost, Words of a King by Mentasha Atlas. Um, listen to it. I don't need to explain myself. Like, just go find it. Listen to it. Um, gotcha. And then another one. 
that you'll find on every YA uh, playlist paying homage to like a, a fantasy novel in the YA genre is um, As the World Caves In by Matt Maltese. Um, mm. It's a wonderful acknowledgement that as everything falls apart, uh, we lay together. Uh, fun fact about that song, if you've ever heard it, I've heard that Matt's written this about himself and his cat. I've also heard he's written this about Donald Trump and Theresa May. Either way, I think someone should check on him. <laughs> yeah. Are you like well, that. Matthew? I like that he wrote it about himself and his cat. I want to re-listen to it in that light. That's <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It, it's kind of agonizing. I may, I may go and stare longingly at my cat later tonight and listen to that song and cry. So we'll see what happens. That's like a good idea. How about you? Uh, well, first I said we're all in this together from High School Musical. <laughs> because... <laughs> Uh, they I'll are all it. in this together. Um, real answer though is "Game of Survival" by Ruel. It's just it's just the vibe of this book. Once they're on Shar and the whole gang is together, uh, it's another like like Umberland said. Just go listen to it, and you'll know exactly what I mean. Uh, do you have a favorite quote from the book? Um, I had quite a few. It was really hard to choose. I was actually going through Goodreads after this since I didn't do many annotations for the audiobook that mm-hmm. I, I listened to. Um, just trying to find one that captured how I was feeling about this book is really hard because there were so many times when I was just like, yes, this is the line I love. Um, so the one I ultimately ended up choosing was, uh, we're so quick to dismiss the sentiment as weak, but hearts beat for love, don't they? A life without purpose may be no life, but a life without love is nothing but an existence. And, oh, yeah. like... This resonates, of course, for obvious reasons, um, but as I've been sitting here thinking about it more, I definitely think it's something that, uh, when you think about Nasir's character explicitly, um, really stuck with me. Just uh, the fact that this man, like he says so many awful things about himself, he doesn't love himself. He's had no one to love him except for his mother. Um, and he just absolutely kind of bakes that um, repulsion of himself into everything he does. Meanwhile, Zafira uh, wants badly to be loved and can't even admit to herself she's been you know avoiding love her entire life and it turns out it's it's kind of her reasoning for everything and I think that once she's able to come to terms with that um and once maybe um Nazir is able to uh hopefully and I this isn't something we've seen yet but I hope we'll see in the second book um love another and perhaps love himself I think that's what's going to um help to grow these two characters both in their love of each other and their love of themselves yeah that was mine. How that's, about you? A, that's a banger if I've ever seen one. Um, I feel like it just. <laughs> I feel like that one especially like really just encapsulates how how Sofizel can just be like. So here's a a sentence, and it's gonna make you rethink a lot of things about your life and how you feel. And I remember reading that and being like, "Damn, that hits." <laughs> um, another so like on that note, uh, one that really like it made me like I highlighted it and I had so many thoughts about it um is Mm. the quote I just think that once you're bound to another you change that for the happiness of the one you love and for your own you change without knowing it and I really love that because how true it is uh because when you become close to another person whether it's a partner or a friend or another family member you really do change yourself without realizing it not in a way where it's like, oh, I have to change myself in order for this person to like me because that's not it. But because you're so close to someone, you both have an impact on each other without realizing it. 
And I think a really, like, the best way I can kind of almost explain it in a way that how, why I like it so much is just, like, the simple example of when you pick up on the phrases of your friends and family because you spend so much time with them. Like, I know there are certain things I say because my cousin says it or my friend or my mom says it. And, like, you're just made up of all of these pieces of the people that you surround yourself with. And I just think that's really cool. (laughs) Whoa! That was beautiful. Whoa! Wow. Yeah, I mean, you, you said it. I, I mean, honestly, I feel like with, with that take in mind, this really could be your hardest. <laughs> I feel like you made so many good points. I feel like I can't even. I'm like, how do I? Where do we go from here? I feel like that's it. That, that it's over. Podcast, <laughs> podcast is over. Is over. Bye, we've, everybody. We've cue the music. We've solved the world's problems. <laughs> yeah, with that take. That is a big take, I, my friend. Wow. I loved it. Well, and just to lighten the mood a little oh. bit, honorable mention was. Uh, when Kifa asked Zumra and Nasir explains like it's what language it's from and she like spits at him and she's like I know what language it is and he, Nasir goes Nasir wondered for the umpteenth time why he ever bothered speaking <laughs> it's so funny he's so much like I feel like those two quotes is like <laughs> she can write something just so beautiful and thought provoking and then also like just a few pages later just write a line that just it's so funny <laughs> It's so funny. It's also relatable to the point where it's like, this is me yes. every day at work. Like, this is me. Why do I all even bother speaking? <laughs> um, so, I'm curious. Uh, did you see the line of the night reveal coming? Actually, and I have receipts from my notes when I first read this book. I called it on page 81, and I'm so proud of myself. Uh, Damn. And Damn well, girl. even earlier on it, I, on page 44, I wrote, maybe the darkness took hold of the sultan, sultan controlling him. And then on page 70, I was like, ooh, the sultan's going to use the book for his own dark doing. And then I said mm-hmm. on 81, I said, he learned all there was. In, oh, the quote, there's a quote on page 81 that says, he learned all there was empowering himself with forbidden blood magic. And next to that, I wrote, sultan equals lion? And, um... Uh, just throughout the rest of the book, anytime we would get a hint to it, I was always like, the Sultan's the lion, I'm telling you. Like, there's there's a connection there. And I don't think that's a bad thing where it's something that you could, like, be like, oh, you totally see it coming. And for me, it was like, ooh, I think this could happen. And just all of, just being vindicated that I was right since the very beginning was very fun for me. And uh, I had a good time with it. How about you? Did you see that coming? I mean, no. Um it's cool that you saw that. I feel like you were definitely, like, reading between the lines, and, like, that's something that I I should probably be doing more. I should probably also be reading instead of listening to the audiobooks <laughs> more so that I can actually, like, pick up on little details and not just be, like, doing, like, listening while also, like, violently scrubbing my stove top burner <laughs> um, of all of its grease from my endless ramen noodle nights. Um, but, no, like, I did not. Um, not until Zafira ended up in close quarters with the lion did I think about it but otherwise I wasn't really like expecting it at all um I think like when they mention and we talked about this in previous episodes when they mention some past evil sentient being having been defeated and whatnot you kind of come to anticipate ha like this guy isn't really <laughs> dead um but in this book I really wasn't like looking for it and that's not to say that you were it's just to say that I was fully like 
I was like in a different plane of existence when I was listening to this book. Um, that plane of existence was my kitchen and I was scrubbing my burner. And it was also the plane of existence where I was just like so blindly engulfed in this book that I like had no idea what was nice. going on around me. So with that in mind, um, would you, Caitlin, avoid your mother for five years like Zafira did? No, I love my mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, I would use this handy tool that God gifted us with called communication. And I would talk Ooh. it out with my mom. Uh, there's no way I could. Mm. Zafira lives in the same house as her and she just never goes to see her. And I, I couldn't do that. Um I, even yeah. if I didn't live in the same house with my mom, there's no way I could ever not talk to my own mother. Uh, mom, I know you're listening. I love uh-huh. you, and I will never, ever stop talking to you. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. no, I couldn't. I love my mom too much. How about you? Oh, I hate my mom, so it could be here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love my mom more than anything in the world. She's my rock. Um, but, like, no, no. I'm, I'm, like, still blown away by her restraint. <laughs> like, I, like, that's petty. <laughs> like, like wow, like woof. Um, I just like, like okay. Zafira doesn't talk to her mom because her mom killed her dad because her dad went a little crazy in the arts and like <laughs> that's a lot to unpack. Sure. Yeah. But if my mom killed my dad because mm-hmm. he went a little crazy in the woods and came back as not himself and was gonna kill me. Like, like I didn't want to die, so like, thanks, mom. But also, oh damn, you killed dad, and I really like that guy. Uh, I I still don't think I could ignore her. I think I would use mm. that little communication tool we're all gifted with, and um, yeah, do that. Try to talk it out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know yeah, how like, she did it. <laughs> I do understand why she grieved the way she did. Like, it makes sense yeah. to me. Like you said, like her mom did what she had to do. Um. And I feel like for a long time after that, to avoid processing, Zafira just couldn't accept it until she really had to, until she w- might she realized she might not see her again when she um, like finally left for her journey. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the same page with you. Um, yeah, it's like a weird, it's just a weird choice. Like, There's only one way to find out. It's not like, <laughs> I mean, it's not like I haven't like been, not been on speaking terms with my parents before, um, but like, I don't know if I could give it up for five years. Like one of us would have to say something to each other. It's a like long time. I don't know. I really don't know how that would even like I, I like if my dad and I stopped talking to each other like ever again, um, then I feel like he would eventually text me one day and say something like about like something he saw on CNN and we'd just be right back into it again. I can't imagine ever like stopping talking to him or my yeah. mom. Yeah, no, it'd be so weird. Uh so in this world of magic, how pissed would you be? if you found out that your affinity is being a compass like you're telling me that some people get to see the future and i'm just a walking gps <laughs> yeah go batshit i think i like i i like i love it though in retrospect right yeah, like yeah. the main character in any ya novel typically finds out they possess some great badass power or more badass than anyone else's it's always like something cool like they can like summon light or they can, like, see ghosts, or, like, they can, they're, like, a really powerful wizard or some shit, you know? And in this case, Faisal was like, nah, girl, you're Google Maps. Like, <laughs> best wishes. Kindest regards. regards. And I see how, in this situation, it's absolutely incredibly useful, and it still makes her such oh, a cool character, yeah. because she's able to use it for good to help, to help her people, but, like, 
Yeah, it's also like, wow. But like, <laughs> like in a future where maybe like the arts is gone forever and she's just like, I can't use yeah. anything. And they're like, Zafira, can you tell me where the ice cream shop is? Thank you. <laughs> she's like, oh, I guess. She's like, fine. It's that uh-huh. way. <laughs> so what's worse then, seeing in a frit as someone you love who has died or seeing them for who they are? I mean... If I saw someone I love who has died and I saw them just appear again, I think I would lose it. But I almost think on a deeper level, like, it's worse seeing the Ifrit for what it is because then that implies mm-hmm. that you don't have anyone close to you for it to mimic or imitate. And I would, I would at least like to think that I have options for these guys to choose from and if they're like sorry girl we got nothing for you I'd be like damn my life sucks ow yeah how about you wow probably the first in my case uh, where the ifrit is someone you love um, because they can take the shape of someone you care for deeply and I think in in that case it would actually be my mother (laughs) and she probably asked me to hurry up and pay my phone bill (laughs) And she'd lurk toward me, and she'd whisper against my ear, did you have a chance to develop those 5 by 8 shots of your graduation pics and mail them to me yet, honey? <laughs> like she's been asking me to do for like a year now. She would crawl out of the sand, her limbs kind of like twitching, and she'd be like, have you started your student loan payments yet? <laughs> and I'd be like, I've come to ask you right about now, your come on. extended warranty. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. (laughs) So earlier you said you have a lot of love for these characters. Is there a Mm -hmm. one specific character that you would like to hold pinkies with that was your favorite? Oh my god. I like don't have one. All of them. I mean like um, Altair for being Monsieur's darling older brother as we come to find. I just every single thing he said was like so charming. (laughs) Don't know what that means. Don't know what the alarm was for. <laughs> it's 8.30. That's scary. Yeah, it's 8.30. I'm like, why did I set an alarm for that? We're going to find out later, I bet. <laughs> anyway, um, he, just everything that, that he said, everything that he said was so charming, and I just found myself enjoying him so much. Um, and then uh, Benjamin for his wisdom and evolving into the Zumra dad. Just yeah. like being like, everybody stop it all the time. Um, I loved him. And uh, Kifa for being a badass. Yeah. And those were mine. Yeah, I... And it's 8.30. So it's your turn to save me. Tell me, tell me yours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I seconded. All these characters are so good. I love ensemble uh, books when like each uh-huh. character brings their own little element to it but like none of them fall flat or none of them seem to be forgotten um uh. i specifically like first i would hold pinkies with kifa i really loved her character i loved she just yeah she takes no shit she's there for her own personal oh, reasons yeah. she says quote she's here for magic revenge the usual <laughs> and i just love her what else is there what else is there? Magic, revenge, the usual. That's all you need. Um, and she quickly bonds with Altair uh, specifically, but later she also bonds with Safira. And I just, the whole the whole chapter where she opens up to Safira about her past and how these horrible things has happened to her, she has 
this wonderful line she tells Safira, we hunt the flame the light and the darkness the good this world deserves hope is not lost and i really like this line because one i was like hey they said it they said the title of the book and two um i, I really feel like it just really sums up the message of this book which is about mm. um not giving up when everything seems bleak and i think that was that was a really undercurrent for the whole book and then honorable mention to Altair because he's my beloved I love him Uh, I am a sucker for characters who use humor um, specifically are just funny and a delight Mm -hmm. and uh, he uses humor to deflect the complex and sad things that are actually going on inside of him um, that he doesn't share with other people Um, he's Mm. very you learn at first, he's just kind of like this guy who's just there to crack jokes and make Nasir's life just really like he's just he's just there to be the be the annoying guy, and um, eventually he becomes you kind of see there's more to him than that. But just every time he's on the page, he just says something funny or charming, and he just makes me feel jubilant. Jubilant is a great word. Thank you for the man you've described. We should use that word more often. Yes, we should. Yeah, let's put that on a shirt, everyone. <laughs> Just jubilant. You're good. You're being Damn, attacked. fly is back. That fly from earlier? Yeah. yeah, the fly from earlier. You'll learn about him later, folks. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried for my well-being. Maybe that's what the timer was for. It was like, <laughs> it's time for the fly to kill you. Time for the fly attack. <laughs> Obsession. <laughs> it's the fly. The fly. The prince of death. <laughs> You know what time it is, folks. It's time for the fly that's been flying around everyone's room for the past three days to kill her. <laughs> cool. Time to go on enemies to lovers relationship with the fly. You guys get to witness a murder on a podcast. That's a treat. That's not even something we've offered to our Patreon people yet. Nope. Just for you. Um, yeah. So tell me a little bit about the character you would send in a frit to attack. I would send an ifrit attack on the silver witch because Mm. she put nasir through a lot and i did not like that for him this boy he he was just consistently having a bad time like just when he thought he would get hope he just learned another thing and be like oh man like he's just really going through it especially towards the end of the book there's just like reveal after reveal after reveal for this man and he just he can't catch a break and so he has been basically He's been abused by his father for most of his life, and mm-hmm. his mother's dead, and um, he never felt that he could love because everyone who had he thought loved him hurt him in some way, but it didn't matter because his mother's love has always been real. And turns out his mom is the Silver Witch, and she puts on different faces. So the face that she wore as his mother wasn't even real wasn't even hers um and to learn that his one true like feeling of love that he had in this world was just fake is heartbreaking and he tells her you made me into the greatest hashashin alive and left me in his hands the sultans you made me into a monster and handed him the leash and then he realizes he says quote she had been grooming him to take down the lion from the moment of his birth Unquote. And I just think that's so heartbreaking. 
everyone agrees because she looks like she wants to cry right now and it's it's very upsetting like he, yeah. he everyone he loved or thought loved him just hurt him in some way he's never truly felt love and it hurts it hurts i I love him with my whole heart and I just want him to be like I just want to hold him and be like everything's gonna be okay <laughs> so um did you have a character you would w- want to set are you actually crying <laughs> it makes me sad <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it makes me kind of sad man like you're right um I said that I don't really have any because they're all my babies but I think you you've latched onto a point that is hitting home for me right now obviously and that's that like you know, Nasir's parents, um, both by way of magic, kind of abandoned him in a time yeah. of his life when he deeply needed to be loved and made him into the person he is. Um, it's not to say he can't come back from that, but um, I think you're absolutely right that there must have been an alternative um, that uh, Nasir's mother could have taken part in uh, to make sure that this didn't happen. I mean, like, I know why she did what she did. I'll always say this for every, for every um, <laughs> female anti-hero in every book. I know why she did what she did. Okay. <laughs> but um, it does hurt, you know? It does yeah. hurt. It hurts. Um, it hurts. Ow. <laughs> Another review that gets, it hurts. Ow. Stop Ow. <laughs> I, need a, I need a Band-Aid for my boo-boo. <laughs> All right. On a scale... Of one to five magical hearts hidden in a tree, what do you rate We Hunt the Flame? I said five because, as I think I've made very clear, I very much enjoyed this book. I just, like, had a really hard time finding things not to like about it. I kept thinking to myself, well, I usually give my favorite books a five out of five. And I was like, oh, yeah, uh, this is one of my favorite books then. And now we're here. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, what about Yay. you? Uh, I gave it four out of five. For it to be a five, it has to uh, has to really hit. Um, yeah. Has to really. I mean, this this book hits, but it's not one of those that I'm like I'm treasuring you forever. But it, I very, very much enjoy it. So maybe I'll bump it up to a four and a half out of five. Um, but also, there is the sequel, and I have read it and I really like it. So stay tuned for us to read that because. It's a good one. So four out of five for me. I I enjoyed this book. It's so good. It is. It is. It's really quite delicious. <laughs> um. <laughs> that's her dying. Yeah, that's the cat. The flies killed me. I thought I'd give. I promised you guys a show. I promised you a murder. There it is. <laughs> Thank um, you for that. Yeah, jokes on the fly. I'm immortal. Speaking of immortals, thank you for turning into our discussion of We Hunt the Flame. Tune in next time where we do become an in- invisible immortals uh, in V.E. Schwab's The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. 